0: rise for their majesties of royally obsessed the podcast for all things royals stand by three cheers
1: Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it is time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders, as always, before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars, pretty please. You know, it's it's not for us. It's just so that, you know, we're boosted up in the rating. So give us that five <laughs> star rating, please. please. <laughs> Send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We love to hear from you guys. First, quick catch up. How was your weekend,
2: Rachel? It was good. It was pretty low key. I have to tell you that I discovered Ted Lasso, this amazing show on Apple Plus. Wait, someone else just told With me to Jason go watch it. With Jason Sudeikis? Am I saying Sudeikis? I don't, Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Yeah. About a football coach. Oh my is gosh. Right? Matt was like, let's just try it out. We like needed a new show and we binged all four episodes. It is laugh out, loud funny. And we actually like rewound and re-listened to the jokes. They were so good. I can't Stop. recommend it enough. And it's been renewed for season two, my little plug, but I, you got to watch it, Roberto. You'll love it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Good to know. How was
1: yours? Did you have a good weekend? It was good. We were in New York and And it was good to be back. And then we got some stuff
2: and came back. So it was good. good. I'm still buzzing from the roundtable. But we're back to regularly scheduled programming this week and playing a bit of catch-up, too. First up, details on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's move to Montecito. We've also got some Cambridge news, namely where Kate and the kids were spotted out and about. Finally, we're thrilled to chat with Tessie Ojo, CEO of the Diana Award, about her work, Harry's powerful speech about Black Lives Matter at this year's virtual awards, and also Princess Diana's legacy. All that and more coming up.
1: Yes, and because we have that interview, we're going to breeze through everything, but we
2: always
1: save time for a royal refreshment.
0: And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail.
2: So this week's royal
1: refreshment. Yeah, we're going to actually pop them here. (laughs)
2: hear <laughs> are right in the microphone that sound effect
1: <laughs> Ooh, oh that's it smells good. so good roberta so we're both drinking a drink from five drinks co it's um uh- uh, canned beverage. Which one did you grab? So, of course, I did the GT, the gin and tonic. I had to. Very royal. Had to. Had to. And I'm doing the watermelon vodka soda. And it's only 75 calories, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> it says it contains vodka, watermelon, monk fruit, lime, and basil water. So it's like kind of fancy. Yeah, this is really good, guys. And so, while we're sipping, we wanted to share a, um, a nice little thread in the Royally Obsessed Facebook group. So, we shared Micah's quote from last week's Finding Freedom Roundtable, which I hope you guys really enjoyed it because Rachel and I so, so loved having Micah and Ariana on the show. It was so much fun. I loved it. You know, now we're back to talk about all the news. We were like chomping at the bit to, <laughs> to talk about the new Sussex house and everything about it. But in due time,
2: Roberta, right. I'm like,
1: oh, <laughs> we have to say something. It was hard to know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Micah's quote she said, Charles and Camilla are two of the funniest people in person. When they walk into a room, there's not a moment of quiet. They're laughing, they're joking, they're drinking. They are two of my favorite royals of all time and this thread in the Facebook group you guys agree Linda commented I've been saying this for a while that I'd love to have a drink with Cam
2: (laughs) I love that nickname always for same so Rachel who would you love to have a drink with
1: which of the royals
2: I think I would have to say Meghan Markle I really feel like just because I feel like just reading I'm not to make this more finding freedom content, but I but I really we've talked about it so much. <laughs> but we basically, really like I just we, we know from the Tig and we know from that book that she is the ultimate like curator and hostess with the mostess, and like she just puts oh, so much thought. Oh, you're looking for like tips and stuff. Well, not even tips, but I just am like she'll pour a beautiful red wine, and then maybe there'll Got be it. like a cheese plate that's like perfectly organized I just feel like Megan would be my my person for that she would
1: talk about like where she had purchased her like sustainable small business fashion I that's what I'd want she's to just so like, what inter- are your latest yeah, I just, outfit buys exactly
2: I just I think yeah. that would be my my number one choice at this moment what about you yeah I feel
1: like this is such a like you know cliche answer but I feel like I have to go with the queen oh my gosh to be in I I mean to be in the same room as her would just be a delight and then to know that she like loves Gin and Dubane and just like Dubane, which one is it I never remember
2: (laughs) wait Roberta I'm bowing down to your selection this is brilliant as
1: I'm as I'm sipping watermelon vodka soda I'm like you know what would be great with this a a chat with the queen
2: (laughs) (laughs) a chat with the queen I, I support that. Well, great thread, you guys. So much yeah. fun. Love it. Moving on. This week in royal history. And now,
0: this week in royal history.
2: So August 28, 1996. That was the date of the divorce of the prince and princess of Wales. It's been 24 years, Roberta. Wow, that's wild. So after 15 years of marriage, four of which they were separated for, the royal pair officially split. Queen Elizabeth was actually the one who two months prior urged the pair to make their divorce official. So I think it had kind of been carrying on. You know, they just weren't making the final thing. Apparently, it was pretty contentious, too. And that was part of it that they really were not in agreement on the separation and details. And the final split. But Diana ended up walking away with a generous settlement. The New York Times reported it was $22.5 million with an annual salary of sorts of $600,000 to maintain her private office. It sounds like a lot of money, right? But she actually was asking for $75 million. So it, wow. I think it was a big concession for her at the time. But still, totally. pretty big chunk of change. Um, she also, as part of that agreement, was allowed to retain her Kensington Palace apartment, which we know Harry and William used as their working office in recent years, since it helped them stay inspired about their charitable efforts and following in the footsteps of their mom. She also kept the title Princess of Wales and let go of HRH for an, and any future claims to the British throne, which was a big deal, actually you know of course we know that diana died a year later in august 1997 the anniversary of which is also this week um while charles went on to marry his longtime love camilla in april of 2005 i can't believe the anniversary of her death is coming up you know you
1: mentioned you'd seen a lot of threads in the facebook group about that and kind of people mourning and it's
2: kind of a somber royal history yeah Yeah,
1: and it's also kind of the timing is, is kind of lined up perfectly with this episode where we talked to Tessie Ojo, the CEO of the Diana Award. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that interview. Um, but I just, yeah, I can't believe that it's already been 23 years since her death.
2: I know. I actually feel like that was a moment for me where I truly became royally obsessed. I mean, I think that it. I had always been following the royals, obviously, since I was a little kid. But I felt like watching that whole um, event happen in real time was really difficult. And I think that, you know, just to feel that how long it's been, you know, that we've been without her is incredibly difficult. Totally. But in general, you know, I think that the queen, what was interesting about the divorce details is that the queen was actually cool, supposedly, with letting Diana keep the HRH title, but Charles was adamant that she give it up. And I thought that was really interesting because the HRH title meant that she would continue to have to curtsy to her ex and also her children, which I don't know if that ever happened, but that was a big... If she... If she didn't have the title, she would have to. She would have had to yeah. curtsy. Got it. Got it. So it's it. kind of like, I, because it was so contentious, I just found that interesting that that was a big that part of That is super interesting. Yeah. I also thought one one of the things that I just wanted to mention was that it actually, the article in the New York Times pointed out, it was not clear what would happen if Diana were to remarry, but experts believe she'd have to relinquish many benefits of the divorce agreement. And I wasn't sure. Did you ever watch the Naomi Watts Diana movie? So I didn't. It's on my
1: list. It's. I only it's on watched it. List. I
2: watched it on a bus ride when it first came out. I had like a bus ride from New York to Boston and I I fit it in. And I I just remember that being a really big part of it because she was really lonely and that, you know, and she couldn't like she was really constrained by the boundaries of her life. I mean, it had to have been so weird to continue living on, you know, at Kensington Palace with like her ex nearby and kind of that whole it's like it's not like she could just let totally. go of that life. So anyway, well, and
1: going back into the dating scene after a while, too, yeah. and
2: like how that was kind of
1: playing out mm-hmm. right in the midst of all of the royal family just watching. So, yeah, Ugh. Oh, very, very strange and sad time to look back on. But all right, moving on. So this week's royal rundown. First, we have Meghan and Harry's new home. I'm so excited you to get finally to talk, talk about, about, about it. Yes. <laughs> so, Rachel. Rachel Bowie, are we shocked? Are we surprised? Are we excited that they moved out of L.A.? I was a little shocked because I feel like L.A. is the center of Hollywood. You know, they're getting, they're having all these new projects come up. So I was surprised that they're moving about 100 miles north of L.A.
2: I mean, I guess I was surprised, but I also was like, Santa Barbara it's like no question like uh, if you had that as an option like LA Santa Barbara like all the areas around LA like I feel like I've been there you've been there too right
1: yeah so I went when I was a little bit younger but it, I remember it being one of my favorite places of all time yeah my sister we stayed and I at the went. best western and it was like in- extremely scenic and like <laughs> it was probably the best best western in the entire country I just, I
2: think I, I went with my sister who lives out in California and we went for like a couple of nights we just did like a girls weekend and I forced her to spend and we shelled out for like a really fancy place with like a spa but i like just had to do it cuz it was like a getaway yeah, it was a to, mini getaway right. but i'm also jealous like they're near the Santa Inez winery region like i mean oh. just i mean all of california has so many great wineries but like it's really their backyard so i kind of get it but anyways yeah just,
1: I mean, I've heard it described as gorgeously scenic. And when I went when I was younger, I remember just being one of the most beautiful places. It's also a little quieter. So that makes sense because they did want, you know, a sense of community. They wanted their privacy. They were tired of the drones and the paparazzi oh my gosh. What and they, all of that. What they went what, through
2: at Tyler Perry's house, that lawsuit that they filed. I'm so glad that they did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they've been living in this $14.65 million mansion in Montecito, which is a neighborhood in Santa Barbara, and the home is actually called the Chateau of Riven Rock, which sounds kind of Game of Thronesy to me, but I love that <laughs> I love that name. you're such a big Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, I know. Um, they bought it on June 18th, though, which is quite a while ago, so I'm surprised they kept it such a secret, but I was reading that the estate quietly sold in mid-June. Um, under uh, or to a mysterious trust with a deliberately opaque name though the trust happens Ooh. to share a mailing address with the offices of megan markle's longtime hollywood business manager
2: so that's kind of an insight into how they kind of pulled it off without anyone knowing it is really impressive actually that they kept it under wraps that i mean it's end of august and we're just really getting all these details about it so good for them i mean i think good that that's what they needed yeah. more than anything privacy
1: so they bought in June 18th. They moved in the beginning of July. And I think those two weeks in between must have been super busy because it seems like from pictures we've seen in zoom calls and virtual engagements and all of that they really painted a lot of the house so I was looking at like the real estate pictures and the color of the walls is different the color of the window frames is different now so I feel like they had like this major two-week renovation of the house and they painted everything they you know got their furniture whatever but also
2: like how stressful to continually find a corner that doesn't give anything away right (laughs) Totally. (laughs) like this whole summer they've been so busy we've seen and heard from them so much so to have that move going on in the background and be like guys hold the construction or something whatever was happening I'm sure it's pretty big so they probably had room I'm
1: wondering if like they had a lot of calls in July I'm wondering if they tried to match up like that outside stucco of Tyler Perry's mansion with like some part of their house, because I do think that they must have been living there for some of those calls and no one really pointed it out that it was a different location. Anyway, let's talk about the house. So the house is nine bedrooms, 16 bathrooms, which I'm like, why do you need two bathrooms for every bedroom? That's a lot. But I feel like that just means it's massive. The common rooms are massive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I would love to have that. Of course it's on seven acres. It's 18,600 square feet They count Oprah, Ellen, and Tom Cruise as neighbors. The main house includes a library, an office, a spa with a separate dry and wet sauna, a gym, a games room, an arcade, a movie theater, which I'm like, wait, arcade and games room are different? Okay, got it. (laughs) Movie theater, wine cellar, a garage with space for five cars. There's an endless lawn space with tiered rose gardens. There's supposedly these like beautiful Italian cypress trees, a tennis court, a tea house, a children's playground, and a large outdoor pool.
2: The children's playground Unreal. really got me.
1: <laughs> I was like, your own personal I know, playground. I in. I was like, what?
2: <laughs> that's incredible.
1: Um, so the details of the mortgage. So I told you that the $14.6 million home, they actually put down a third of that. So they're mortgaging $9.5 million, according to sources. And that calculates to a mere $43,000 a month for a 30-year mortgage, supposedly. So... You know there was no outside financial assistance, said an insider, so it's interesting to with think a mortgage, right? I was just gonna say <laughs> like it's interesting to think they're putting you know paying forty three thousand dollars every month to this house. And you,
2: so Prince Charles really isn't helping at all with that or we don't I know? I don't
1: think so. I, yeah. don't th- I mean, according to an insider with knowledge of it, they said that there was no outside financial assistance. So, Well, I mean, they have must- the
2: Harry Walker speaker engagements, you know, that's all set in stone. That's so true. I'm sure that those requests are rolling in. I mean, I can't, I just feel like they're so in demand. So... I'm sure that yeah. they're going to be okay. I also just think it's so crazy because they've made four moves in the last 16 months since their wedding. So they've they moved into Frogmore Cottage. They moved to Canada post-exit. Then they relocated to Tyler Perry's house. And now this. I bet at Tyler Perry's house to an extent they must have been living out of boxes a little bit or maybe like those were shipped over now. yeah, I don't really know. But I, I mean, it just feels like the impact of the pandemic in particular on their on their plans i think has been huge they've talked or sources close to them have shared that they really were intending to stay in canada and be between the uk and canada but then when the borders were closing they had to make a decision so quickly so i feel like you know that's just california is their new their new route i, you wonder, know, their new I home. wonder
1: too if if the pandemic really just sped up their timeline just because in these recent you know Um, speaking engagements like on the Megan talks about moving home to Emily Ramshaw, who's the CEO of the 19th and says how she's so happy to be home. She's like, it's so so good to be home. And I'm wondering if they they were going to stay in Canada but because they knew the borders were closing. They'd have to just make a decision, and they decided mm-hmm. being close to Doria, having that yeah, as the Doria you know, factor, childcare. Yeah. So I guess Doria is living in
2: that guest house, which is two bedroom, two bath. And worst case, she's only a short you know drive away too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats, Harry and Megan. We're super excited about your new digs. <laughs> Wait. Also, fun fact. Oh yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. This is such a fun fact. Santa Barbara is the birthplace
1: of Earth Day, if any of you didn't know. I did not know that. I didn't know that that either. And that's so appropriate for Harry and Meghan. It fits in, yeah, cleanly with their, you know, environmental, travelist, ecotourism kind of. But okay, so we're going to go really quickly through all the other Sussex stuff. So, Harry and Megan, a TV show. They supposedly have been quietly shopping an idea for a project to different media companies. According to a new report, they've been taking meetings in June with the likes of NBC Universal. You know, in the past, they've also worked or are going to work with Apple, Netflix, Disney. They've already collaborated with almost every major streaming service. So it's really interesting that they took this meeting with NBC Universal. Maybe they're trying to kind of diversify their portfolio of content. And it's not clear exactly what this show or project is going to be, but it is likely that they'll both executive produce. Megan has absolutely no plans to act in the project, according to a source. So we're not going to see her on screen, but I do think that this might be one of the money making kind of um ventures that they'll take on
2: i can't wait i just want more but i I loved elephant yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and then we saw megan i mentioned earlier have a discussion with emily ramshaw the ceo of the 19th which is a new nonprofit newsroom focusing on gender equality so megan interviewed emily but the tables turned so we're gonna play a little clip from that
0: the loudest voices are often the negative ones sadly so I think, you know, from my standpoint, it's not new to see this undercurrent of racism and certainly unconscious bias, but I think to see the changes that are being made right now is really, it's, um, it's something that I look forward to being a part of um, and being a part of using my voice in a way that I haven't been able to of late. So yeah, it's good to be home.
2: This was such a delight, this whole chat. I loved Megan as the moderator in this whole for this event. I just thought she's, you know, she's so smart and articulate and passionate. And I found myself, I mean, I was texting Roberta nonstop. I was just so inspired by the conversation and the voice that we have that she brings to this, you know, and also everything that she said about clickbait really resonated with me and, you know, how that's what the titles, the headlines are what leaves the imprint. And a lot of times people aren't reading the full story. So I feel like the danger, she just made that so clear. I really enjoyed the conversation. But my favorite part, Roberta, I have to mention is that uh, when when the interviewer, when Emily, kind of you know, Megan, as we said, was interviewing Emily, and when she flipped the script and was just actually kind of you know slightly mentioning the fact that she wanted to ask Megan a question, she said, you know, you've been someone deeply covered by the media, and Megan was like, no, no. I'm the journalist today. Ha ha ha. We can't go off script. She just, you know, it was a live conversation. And I think, you know, Emily's question was actually totally harmless. But I think that setup up really threw Megan for a loop. And I, I thought that moment was particularly endearing. And to her credit, you know, she really was not going to go there with any of those totally. questions. Totally.
1: I, I do find it funny, too. Like Emily did an amazing job with this. And I think there's so many times where she's obviously like, why are you asking me the questions? <laughs> like clearly everyone here wants to hear from you. And so she still, you know, has such a uh, great um, organization that she's founded. And so I'm really, really looking forward to that. And I feel like Megan's going to continue
2: working with them. Yeah. in some capacity. Absolutely. So it, it the really 19th exciting. is great. Actually, everyone should subscribe and listen to, th- I've been getting all their emails and I'm, I'm really enjoying the content.
1: And did you love when they, they bonded over b- go- both going to Northwestern? I thought that was really sweet. It Everything was just about like, it aww. felt so yeah. easygoing. Great job. It, it was. it was. It was like really a good. chat between friends. Um, next, we saw Megan and Harry volunteering for Baby to Baby. So that's one of the four organizations, the only one in the U.S., that they chose to help celebrate Archie's birth last May when they had that global baby shower. The couple handed out supplies to families and helped children pick out and try new backpacks. There was some really endearing shots of Megan and Harry with kids. You know, they, wore, they both wore masks. Megan wore an oversized linen Victoria Beckham blouse, which is now on my wish list, Ooh. and a Blue seersucker face mask while volunteering, and it's that's a fifth-
2: not sold out by the way.
1: <laughs> yes, they restocked. They yeah. restocked. The fifteen dollars striped mask is from Royal Jelly Harlem, a New York City-based brand founded by Black mother-daughter duo Teta and Maya Gorgoni. So I really love that. Shout out to New York. New York strong. And then finally, Megan and Harry had a video call with the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Not finally. There's more to come after this. <laughs> um, Harry keeps talking about how old he is. And Megan is like, WTF, I'm four years older than you. Stop saying that. <laughs> this is so, amazing. Yeah, we're going to play a clip.
0: What I already feel as I'm way too old for You've a conversation. We're not. No, no, but it's true i'm I'm aging right i'm 35 already and that's not aging it is aging compared to these guys look no. um <laughs> it's clearly okay, a so sensitive
1: are...
2: spot for harry i think
1: yeah <laughs> so those are back-to-back clips of um two talks with the queen's commonwealth trust both from this summer the first is the most recent but i thought that was so funny to hear that um i mean harry come on like your we all get better wife. with age,
2: like a fine wine.
1: And also your wife is older than you. Like, <laughs> stop saying that. And, but I love this. So Harry followed up. His birthday and the, is
2: coming up to that point, though. That's true. That's so true. That
1: always makes a little, you, feel, like, you, know, you feel Yeah, a when your older. birthday's is around the corner, you're just like. And oh, when you're man.
2: a dad, I think you feel the age even more. But anyways.
1: Yes, totally. But Harry followed it up. He said, but it's true. This is a world you're going to inherit. And Megan quickly added, and Archie. And then Harry said, and Archie, it's on all of us collectively to make the world a better place. And we are. So I love that they called him out. Um, it is. It's the dad thing. I think that he mentioned uh, Harry also referenced his grandmother, the queen. He said, I think everything my grandmother wanted to achieve when she took this huge responsibility on, she's managed. At the end of the call, he added, it's on all of us collectively to make the world a better place. So, you know, I think him calling her out. They've been doing so much to kind of further the causes of the monarchy. They Perry is the president of the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Megan is vice president. So um, and then Megan took a call with when all women vote. So in partnership with when we all vote, which is Michelle Obama initiative, she spoke about the importance of voting. uh, And we're going to play a quick clip from that as well.
0: We're only 75 days away from Election Day, and that is so very close. And yet there's so much work to be done in that amount of time because we all know what's at stake this year. I know it. I think all of you certainly know it. And if you're here on this fun, um, fun event with us, then you are just as mobilized and energized to see the change that we all need and deserve. So I'm inspired to see all of the work that you're doing in your communities, as well as for your communities.
1: And you know it's interesting. She received a lot of backlash from certain media commenta- commentators about these comments on voting, especially Pierce Morgan, who suggested the Sussex- Sussexes should be stripped of their titles, and Dan Wooten, who's the executive editor of the Sun, calling it completely inappropriate and an embarrassment. Um, what is going on? I think that that's so
2: ridiculous. I also feel like, you know, courtesy of Omid, uh, P.S., the queen has encouraged people to vote. He shared a telegraph story from 2003 where, where the queen herself commented on low voter turnout and encouraged people to head to the polls. So this is not really a new thing and it's not, it's not partisan. It's, you know, Megan is just saying vote, which is really important everybody vote 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 right <laughs> she
1: never endorsed any candidate and while I feel like you can make inferences about which candidate she's voting for obviously she did not come out and openly say that she was politically neutral yeah I love that Bette Midler stood up for the Duchess of Sussex she's told Pierce Morgan on his tweet oh <laughs> f off tons of celebrities have come forward to stand up for um her comments so I think you know it's so important regardless of what party you're affiliated with or what you care about to vote so yeah
2: Totally. And then totally.
1: lastly, we have Harry's Netflix project, which is debuting this week. It's out August 26, and will tell the story of the Paralympic Games. And it is called Rising Phoenix. So it was kind of a surprise to see him in the trailer for that. Everyone was
2: like, wait, what? That's, I loved that's it. I loved the setting for it, too.
1: Yeah. And his work with the Invictus Games, he's obviously still so passionate about military and causes around veterans and all of that. So I think he's
2: continuing that work. But honestly, the bottom line is that the Sussexes have been so busy. We don't I'm mean a red, to make this the Sussex show, but gosh, I'm, they're just like. I'm red in the face so talking much. about how much is happening while going so quickly yeah. and sipping
1: on watermelon vodka, whatever soda.
2: Just, you know, some Cambridge news. Kate actually was spotted out and about with the kids a couple times. She, you know, it's a pretty quick update, but she was spotted at Maple's Paint Pot in Norfolk, which is actually a short walk from Anmer Hall. Um, and then that's not all. She was actually seen out shopping for children's clothing in Sainsbury's, which is the grocery ch- which is the grocery store chain? I don't know why that's hard to say. Um, with all three kids in tow, and I, you know, she's worn that brand before. She's used that a lot with Prince Louis. I think I was going to just mention that. You know, it was funny because the interview about her being at Sainsbury's was actually from Kate Carter, who's founder of Ugly Duckling Creations. She's the one that saw her in the shop and was pretty shocked to see her there. But Kate mentioned. Kate of Ugly Duckling Creations mentioned that Charlotte was out in her forest green coat and the one that she wore at Christmas. But that, Robert, I was like, how is that possible? Because it's yeah, August.
1: I, I was wondering if this was like from a previous time and it had just gotten picked up or something. Yeah, But then you did some digging. So and, I did some and, digging
2: and it was actually a pretty chilly week in the UK last week. So I feel like that makes sense. I mean, I feel like a wool coat is still a little intense and not, for August. It wasn't but, only Charlotte, but also Kate wearing a coat. Kate was too, also in a so coat. It so it, so it checks out. It must chilly. have been chilly yeah. according to the weather reports. But, uh, but yeah, Kate was in jeans and a beige coat and just very casual. And I guess for the pottery workshop, Kate and the kids are frequently at this spot their handprints are on the wall from different work that they've done and yeah I feel like they're just kind of enjoying their lives living out their summer you know it's probably kind of nice to lay low a little bit
1: I love hearing Cambridge news because I do feel like we haven't heard from them in a while ever since kind of since Finding Freedom came out dominated yeah yeah and so I'm really excited to hear more from them so we'll keep you guys updated um, and next, we have the Crown casting news, a release date. Sorry if you can hear the dog barking in the background. <laughs> and Diana on Netflix. So we'll fly through this really quick. Uh, the trailer for the Crown season four premiered last Thursday, and now we know the new season debuts November 15th. So the countdown <gasps> begins. Yay! I know, I'm so excited. We're going to play a clip.
2: Something as important as the monarchy simply cannot be allowed to fail
1: okay my first impression is I have chills my second impression is it seems like it's going to be much darker than other seasons I know season three was a little bit darker but this is like
2: well I think hearing all the shutters of the of the cameras is like, you know, when we played at that length and you can, you can just hear the flash, 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 flash. And I think that that is, you know, what happened to Diana. So it's going to be really dark. I think that Queen Elizabeth quotes, like very, it, to me, it feels
1: very poignant to today and what's going on with the monarchy and how, you know, Meghan and Harry left. And she's like, we cannot let the monarchy fail. Yeah, like,
2: oh my God. I know. And also just that moment in the trailer right before, you know, Diana makes her goes out, she exits something, you know, a building, and it's just like, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like watching, it's like, you kind of hold your breath. So she's like sitting on the
1: floor of like the bathroom at one point with like water dripping around her. And she's just like, it's like, so dark. So I'm, I'm, Honestly, beyond excited for this. So also we found out who's going to play Princess Diana in seasons five and six. So it's Elizabeth Debicki. She's taking over for Emma Corrin, who's playing her in season four, who's in that trailer. Princess Diana's spirit, her words and her actions live in the hearts of so many, Debicki said in a statement. It is my true privilege and honor to be joining this masterful series, which has had me absolutely hooked from episode one. Same. Elizabeth, same. Um, She is actually in the upcoming highly anticipated spy thriller Tenet from Christopher Nolan, which premieres this week. She was also in The Night Manager, fun fact, with Olivia Coleman and Widows. She
2: has, what do you think? Because I think she looks a lot like Princess I think Diana. she looks like, exact. the photo I looked at, she had really dark lipstick on and they, they placed it next to Diana, who had kind of a lighter makeup kind of application. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. feel like she, honestly, they look very similar. They have the same chiseled features. Yeah, same I think Emma
1: Corrin too looks so much yeah. like her. It's oh, I can't wait. Wild. Elizabeth Debicki is another fun fact: six three. And we know that Princess Diana was always thought of as really tall. She was actually five ten. So I think that that you know that kind of similarity too will do nicely on screen. I'm really excited. And then we also found out that Jonathan price will be play- playing Prince Philip, the older Prince Philip in seasons five and six. He joins Amelda Staunton, who will be playing Queen Elizabeth. And Leslie Manville, who will be playing Princess Margaret, I guess, in her final days. And he will take over the role filled by Tobias Menzies for seasons three and four. I immediately recognized him from Game of Thrones. Again, Game of Thrones <laughs> mention. I don't know how that happened twice. Um, but also The Two Popes, which
2: you must watch if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm, I don't know I have, if you seen no, it. No, I never watched that. I oh, need to, it's I need so to good. add it to the it's list. So, so I just can't wait. I, and also the news that Diana, a true musical, is going to be on Netflix in early 2021. I mean, that was I, just a gift. It's still going to be on uh, Broadway. But I feel like they're they're releasing it Hamilton style, uh, which was also a quarantine gift. So lots so much royal content. We need it. We just need it. Get us through. Uh, Now on to our interview with Tessie Ojo. Roros, please join us in giving a warm welcome to Tessie Ojo,
1: CEO of the Diana Award. Just in case you're unfamiliar, the Diana Award honors the legacy of the Princess of Wales and her belief that young people have the power to change the world for the better. It's also the only charity set up in Diana's honor. Tessie, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a real treat to be talking to you today.
1: So if you could just, for our uh, listeners who are unfamiliar, like a one to two sentence, what are the Diana Awards?
3: This is a test of how good a chief exec I am. (laughs) (laughs) 20 years in the making. I know, right? No pressure. So the Diana Award (laughs) is the official um, charity to the late princess you know she firmly believed that young people with the right support can change the world and that's kind of the ethos that that really underpins all of the work we do if i was to sum up what we do in three sentences the first thing is to we want to build resilience young people we we know that young people um face an incredibly challenging world and uh we we have programs that really aims at building resilience young people the other area is creating, for us, it's about creating access to employment, helping young people build the right social capital that's needed to help them gain employment, especially when we live in a world that's that sadly due to inequalities that young people face and just due to disadvantage of birth, a lot of young people um, struggle to gain employment. So we have a mentoring program that really supports that side of things. The other third area is around developing young leaders. We recognize young people who are changing their, their communities in, every, in different parts of the world. But for us, it's not just the recognition. Through an award is how they come onto this development program where we, it's like an incubator program because what we want to do is develop those young leaders and kind of send them back into their communities to continue that change-making process. And one of the things we were able to do in this period, traditionally first of July is the princess's birthday. And so that generally kicks off for us uh, our award ceremonies, what we usually call the Oscars for young people, because mm-hmm. we release what is called our role of honor, and that has the list of every young person who's getting the award for that year. And then we kind of go around the country really having ceremonies, shining a spotlight on these young people and telling their stories, particularly in their communities, because we want their communities to know that these are your young heroes. But of course, lockdown happened and we couldn't do that. And so thankfully, we had pivoted a few months. And so we were kind of beginning to get comfortable with the online world. And then we began to think, surely we can have an award ceremony online. And do you know what? I actually loved it. It was, to me, it was kind of the best ever um, in terms of award ceremonies because we pulled every young person for one day You know, we would have done it over a three-week period, you know. But for one day only, we've had every young person, irrespective of where in the walls they were, for those couple of hours, we were telling the entire walls that, these are your change makers these are young people who are changing your communities and it just felt that for those couple of hours the world stops to listen and to me that was just phenomenal yeah
1: we personally really enjoyed it because we get to watch all of it whereas otherwise we would just see photos and hear audio clips and everything so it was really wonderful and I feel like maybe it should be always online I don't know, no, I mean, know. Some yeah. this
3: is exactly what we're exploring we actually because also one of the things like I said because we do it generally over like a two or three week period where we are traveling to different cities but also because we you know we couldn't possibly go abroad it's too expensive and so it means that sometimes for our international young people they don't sometimes get our ceremony we generally encourage um maybe the british high commission in that country to celebrate them um but for once for me it was parity for every young person irrespective of where they were in the world and that's Something that we really loved and you know we're having conversations in-house just trying to see this is probably the way forward and yes, um, and just get, you know I I lo- one of the things I really loved was when I was looking back at the pictures because we got young we got everyone to dress up and share their photos uh-huh. we had people who were like properly dressed we were dressed I was dressed as well but we had young people and their families they were dressed some had cake some had a tea party the oh, night. Nice. it was so British it felt like whichever part of the walls they were they really made it into a British tea party which was amazing that's amazing they really
2: embraced it that's wonderful yeah. it was incredible is it typical that the princes I mean in this case Prince Harry are a part of it or was that did having it virtual make it a lot easier
3: well one of the beauties of having virtual or, or lockdown was that people were not really going anywhere so you, we had people <laughs> <laughs> so we it was great to have of people's diaries free having said that you know we're very lucky and incredibly honored to always have the the princes both of them really supporting so again it's so dependent on diaries um, and we kind of it's never pre-planned in advance we kind of go with whatever diaries permit on the days I mean last year when we had our legacy we had the young people go to Kensington Palace, so that was great. Um, but of course, it does meant that, well, not all of them, only, only those who could attend, attended. Um, but I guess with the virtual world, it felt like the, everyone was gathered, and this time the prince came to it, so, which, which is, again, amazing and a blessing yeah. to have to have that.
2: We were going to just play a quick clip from that event, just from his speech.
3: Yeah, too. It's amazing.
0: My wife said recently that our generation and the ones before us haven't done enough to right the wrongs of the past. I too am sorry. Sorry that we haven't got the world to the place that you deserve it to be. Institutional racism has no place in our societies, yet it is still endemic. Unconscious bias must be acknowledged without blame to create a better world for all of you. I want you to know that we are committed to being part of the solution and to being part of the change that you are all leading. Now is the time and we know that you can do it.
2: Now, what was it like to have Prince Harry not only be a part of the event, but then to deliver such a powerful speech about the Black Lives Matter movement?
3: Firstly, it was incredible. But, you know, I have had the pleasure or the privileges, actually, of working with Prince's for for a few years, for so many years. And you know that they go where the pain is. They, uh, They never shy away from going where they need to go, um, very similar to what Princess Diana did in her time. She always went where the pain was, however uncomfortable um, that was. Um, and so when we were planning and you know, the timing was convenient for him, was, you know worked for him to be part of it. And, and they said, oh, we would like to see some case studies, which we sent. And then when they said to us he was going to go there, um, I was like, well, that doesn't surprise me. You know, they always want to have meaningful conversations they want to yeah. always go where they can make a difference and it's never ever about just that moment of oh this let's just have a nice nice lovely royal moment it had to be meaningful and impactful so did not surprise me at all um, because that came at a point when a lot of people across the world was they really hurting from what the whole world suddenly I mean, a lot of people have been hurting for many years, for decades um, privately, but for once, the whole world was, the spotlight was on and everyone kind of saw that pain and began to understand what people had been suffering for many, many years and the kind of injustice that had been in our society. And And it was important. And I think, yes, I would have been completely shocked if he didn't go there so i mm-hmm. i wasn't shocked at all
2: yeah it was incredible and then the best honor of like in in his mother's legacy i think just to hear him speak you know and talk about that particular In that moment in time, I really, it really meant so much for everyone tuning in virtually, as we
3: said. Absolutely.
1: We want to rewind a little bit to when you first heard about the Diana Awards job opening. So I heard it was from an ad in the classifieds. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I love this story.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so, so it was actually, you know, the journey had been such that I all of my life, I had always volunteered, you know, my mom was a head teacher and it meant that at various points, you know, as a, you know, you might be involved in some production backstage doing, you know, we were always involved with children and young people, um, growing up, but that wasn't kind of my own trajectory. I, I, you know, my trajectory was in the corporate world and I was happy being in that space completely until for me, I think when I had my youngest child and I, I wanted to have my two kids before I hit the age of 30, and I, was, and I felt incredibly blessed that I achieved that. Um, and having these two kids, my daughter was just coming up to her second birthday, and I had this little boy. That was just something for me incredibly overwhelming about have. it felt like it was that moment of feeling so blessed and so lucky. Like, why do I deserve all of this? And you know, and that feeling of, gosh, I'm so grateful for this, and I'm going to be the best mother ever I'm going to be that incredibly annoying parent that would always say but for my child I would I would champion my children <laughs> and I yeah. would light up shadows and nothing do you know what I mean I'm going to that parent that every teacher I <laughs> really dreads I felt <laughs> like, I, I like I would be that parent But, you know, whilst I was in this moment of having this Eureka moment, it also occurred to me, first time ever, that did every child have a champion? Did every girl have um, a mother who would light up shadows for them or speak on their behalf? And did every boy have the same? And that thought really bogged me. That thought really led me down a path where I felt... When, when my daughter was born, I, I only had such a short maternity leave. I, had, I think I only had about three months. But with my son, I had had I had taken a year or oh, about six months with the possibility of extending by another six months. And so I had time to explore what I wanted to do. And for me, my what I wanted to do was give my time. I realized up until then, I wasn't doing any form of volunteering. And the volunteering I did as a younger person, maybe up until university, I had kind of stopped all forms of volunteering. So for me, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give my time back to volunteering. I'm going to do stuff for children and young people. But of course, my I had no, no concept, no idea where to start from. So I remember, this was in 2000, I remember writing to the department for education here and saying, look this is my cv um i was a systems analyst for a tech company at the time and um, this is my cv i'd really love to support charities and then i got this letter back that says here's a directory of charities with your skills charities um would welcome you to be on their board but I think for me, that being on the board was kind of not what I was wanting because I felt mm-hmm. that that was something I did in my everyday life. To be fair, I didn't have a clue what I really wanted. I just knew that I needed to feel a bit more meaningful and tangible mm-hmm. than being, not that being on the board is not meaningful or tangible, no. but at that time, that's kind like of- More hands-on Exactly. Or, but I didn't yeah. even know the word at the time was I wanted to be- I had really- didn't know what I wanted. Um, so what happens at the time was I was was on maternity leave. My husband would go off to work. And in the evening when he comes back, he brings all the papers that he's bought, you know, in the daytime. So it was my time, my me time. And on one of those occasions, I was flipping through the newspaper and I saw this ad that said, a youth charity had just been set up and needed someone with a systems background to help. And it didn't
2: say the name? It didn't was just say that the name. It charity. just Wow, two fascinating. Things, two
3: things. It was the youth and the systems. I was like, oh my God, because up until, <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> up until yeah. this time, I had no idea that charities needed systems. I had no thought. That, of course they need systems. Why did I even think of it? But when I saw this ad, I was like, oh my God, this is so me. And at the time they just had a PO box, didn't even have like an email address or a phone number. I just had a PO box to say, if you're interested, apply. But of course I didn't want to apply for this job. I just wanted to give my time, you know, I still Uh had, yeah, yeah. I still had. So I thought, look, I'm going to write to this charity. I'm going to tell them that I've got, I think this was, I still had about three months left of my original six months off. I said to them I said look I've got four months let me help you I don't need payments I really really want to do this when I do it I would help you write kind of your script I would do all of this and I will go back to my day job and they wrote back and said oh we're really sorry we would love you know we can't accept your offer to do it for free but we would love for you to apply and genuinely there's no way I could have applied for that role because it would have meant a massively significant pay cut and also I had two children that were going to go to nursery like I was only home yeah. for a while there's no way that money yeah. that money was literally just going to pay for nursery. It was just the nursery fees yeah my husband and I then had this conversation and he said to me why don't you just apply for the role perhaps the letter didn't go to the right person if you get shortlisted for an interview and then when you get to the interview You can tell them. I thought, good idea. What
2: good advice! I know, right? So I did. (laughs) Thank you. I know. I
3: know. So I did, and. Only when I got to the interview did I find out that it was the Diana Award had just been set up. <laughs> and I was like, great. Well, that's great. I still don't want the job. I, and I, when I got to the interview, <laughs> I told them, like, this is why I, I came. I wrote a letter. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we got your letter. But then they explained that it because it was a government set up charity, the government had given the funding and it had to be spent which means that they could not just, I said, if they didn't spend it, they would have to send it back. And when you send back money, it just means you don't need it. So it's not really good for char- for the charity in that sense. Um, and so they said, oh, um, so basically, are you, since you're here, why don't you interview? And I interviewed, anyway, to cut the long story short, I did, they did offer me the job, obviously. And I said, no, because for me at the time I was thinking, I want to do good. I really want to be a good citizen and do well and do good for children and young people. But genuinely, this was too expensive. The cost was way too much for me. But, you know, so I said no. And then, But then when you know you had just had done the biggest mistake of your life, you know, that feeling oh, of restlessness, that yeah. feeling that you've just blown mm-hmm. it. And I think it then Stephen and I, my husband and I just sat down and we just had this conversation and he goes, I think you should take it. And I was like, do you really understand (laughs) that you have to be the main breadwinner of this family because this money is only going to pay for nursery fees. Like that's it. I'm going to be poor for the rest of my life. (laughs) And, and, um, and yeah we just knew but you knew it was, we the, knew right it was the right you, thing and yeah. i'm so glad and 20 years 20 later 20 years later <laughs> i'm not poor so. <laughs> and years you later. seem incredibly
2: happy like Honestly, i think that happiness it's means amazing. the amazing i
3: absolutely love the fact that it's just the ability when you see like there's some young people that I met in tw- in 2000 and now in fact one of them recently on Facebook she was talking about her family she's got two children and I look at her like oh my god how can you have children like you're my baby like you're I knew <laughs> oh. you you know so it's it's <laughs> yeah. incredible it's incredible to see the journey you know it's that power of the statement that young people can change the world with the right support and it's incredible to see how they do change the world with if they are supported and it's 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 incredible it's such a privilege as well to witness that every day, to see lives change, to see young people fly out of the nest, like a proper, you know, leave the nest and go and be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: And you're guiding all that. You're, I mean, you're at the helm of that. We're, we're so curious um, in your tenure there, what, what would you say is the most inspiring thing that you have actually come to learn about the Princess of Wales, the most inspiring
3: story about her life? So we're really lucky to have um, Lord Spencer, Princess Diana's brother, who supports us. And one of the things he does is with the award recipients, he gives them a, um, an invite to come for tea at the family home in Offord. And it's a beautiful home. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. I try to, every year or at least every couple of years um just visit the home and sometimes when i when he's there you know just sit and have a chat with him and you just get to hear some incredible anecdotes some things that happens you know some of their childhood things like one of the stories he's told me and i know he said it um publicly as well is when she started school she was i think she's uh, she was a couple of years older and the day he joined that school you know she no one else knew that her brother had joined the school but she was so restless on her seat and the teacher um kept saying to her diana just sit still sit still and she kept (laughs) you know was so restless and eventually the teacher asked her what is it she goes i just want to go and check on my brother he's just started school and and you know and every now and again she was once she said it he was he then the teacher then allowed her to go and pop over and see her brother and it's you know, at that young age, that displaying those caring qualities, and but well, you can see those same qualities following her all through her life because, yeah, you definitely. don't certainly become an adult and then want to change the world if you haven't been displaying those qualities maybe for right. a while. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and so some of the, when I hear stories like that, it just makes me so incredibly honored to continue that legacy to lead the charity that honors her legacy because Mm -hmm. that legacy of selflessness and service to others is just so powerful and so incredible especially something we need in our world today
1: and I feel like her her sons Prince Harry and Prince William are obviously carrying on that legacy with their service and they've been patrons of uh, the charity since its founding. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so, they're patrons. Of
3: yeah. It? So they're not technically, we don't have patrons, but they are kind okay. of the principles of the charity in that sense, because obviously it's their mother's charity. And right. so in that sense, they, they are they are the, the principles of it.
1: How has it been working so closely with them? I know they are super involved. Um, how is that? Are they Are they involved day to day? What is it like to work with them?
3: It's um, actually, I I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a documentary that we've just shared on our socials today that um, really gives an insight into kind of the behind the scenes of how, you know, sometimes whatever, when you see them doing an engagement externally, it shows kind of the behind the scenes and the hours of engagement. You should check it out. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, The hours of engagement that goes on behind the scenes. And I love the fact that. They always are so for them. What's important is to have meaningful engagement, it's important that they are having an impact. So, it's never ever ever about a photo op, absolutely not. If that's what you're asking for, that would never happen, right? And it's always why do you want us involved in this? What is the impact? What impact? What difference is it going to make? Why are you doing this? You know, it's all. It's really, how are you going to demonstrate impact? What's the overall outcome? How long will do we before we see this outcome? So it's very, you know, it's very strategic and um very meaningful. And it's it's an incredible honour to work with them um, to shine a spotlight on issues that sometimes issues that maybe, particularly in our society. We sometimes do want to talk about, you know, the whole mental health or uh, bullying. The impact that bullying has, you know, for many, many years as a society, we were always told you just needed to man up. You needed to. We're all we were all, always told bullying was character building, um, irrespective of the destruction that happens and how lives are destroyed on the back of bullying. And so, for the princes to really get on board, to understand, firstly, behind the scenes, to speak firsthand to people who have been affected by that and then to publicly come out and make a difference you know it's it's incredible
2: yeah it's incredible even just for us on the podcast i feel like you know it's obviously this is about being royally obsessed but we just feel the the weight every time we're talking about any Any event, any Zoom meeting, just everything that it stands for, we just always feel it ends up feeling, you know, fulfilling for us to be able to help spread that message as well.
3: Absolutely. So that's why, you know, that's why I I think you understand because it's, you know, all of this leads to, you know, bringing awareness to issues and really spotlighting issues that sometimes people don't want to talk about.
2: Well, and that brings us to our, you know, one of our last questions is just how can our listeners get involved and help forward the efforts of the Diana
3: Award? Do you know what? That's such a great question. So firstly, just to make it clear is that we rely on the support of the public. We don't get official endowment, so we always rely on the on the public to support us. And I would ask people to go onto our website, to just go onto any of our socials. It's Diana Ward, and just support. You know, there's so many options of supporting. You can support us financially. You can support one child. One child put a child through a program. Particularly, you know, as we come out of COVID, we know that young people, particularly young people from disadvantaged backgrounds, are going to be hugely impacted by the effects of COVID. They are the generation that probably have not sat exams. They are the generation that would find it really, really hard to get a job we are working hard and will continue to work hard to upskill young people to help young people navigate the next few months Um, even in Mm -hmm. terms of career options and opportunities maybe reskilling as well um we would love for your viewers to support this you know just one child and the incredible difference that would make is huge um they you know just constantly maybe talk about our work, that's another way to support, just tell someone, particularly if it's an issue that we are tackling, like bullying, um, it's just making sure that people understand where to get help, um, so that people no one suffers in silence we know how mm-hmm. incredibly um dangerous it is when you suffer in silence we've seen the rise in self-harm or even attempted
0: um yeah. suicide so it's yeah. so
3: important that young people seek help um again just follow us on our socials share just reshare our work and that's at the diana award yes correct it's at diana award um it's on everywhere that twitter facebook uh instagram even on tiktok you can just have fun with it
2: i know right Are you on TikTok? Yes, are you
3: doing some of the TikToks? Yes, yes, we are. Oh, you. Yes, yes, we definitely are. So, you know, have fun. Just come on the journey with us. You know, there, there are times we want to, you know, tackle huge issues, like like I've mentioned, but there are also times we just want to have fun. Um, so just come yeah. on the journey with us uh, and support us in any way. But I would, the, the primary thing is support us. If you, can, if you have the ability to financially support, please do, because that would, yeah. Yeah. hugely change the life of a young person the other area that people can help especially if they're companies we are always in search of companies who are able to offer um, opportunities to our young people so mm. that's a great way that companies can support so if you haven't got the f- the like fact- hiring, yeah, hiring
1: opportunity yeah
3: hiring opportunity or even tr- so over the summer for example we are offering lots of workshops to our young people okay. and so sometimes we sign up if like if someone is in a company who's able to offer a particular skill it might be that you want to teach coding skills to young people. Please um tag us at us so that we can talk to you for or they can find me. I'm Tessiojo on Instagram. It's so easy. Amazing.
1: Yeah. I just want to ask, are there any more virtual events in the works or anything coming up this year or what's ahead for you guys? Is there anything even? In- Planning.
3: Absolutely. All that we do is all on our website so um, and on our social, so people can just follow that. The other th- big thing we're doing, and I'm just going to tell you that very quickly, we know that in September, young people are going back to school and this is still top secret so I'm literally telling you a top secret but we are planning I'm sure my team will probably kill me for doing this but hey um, we are planning to do a very big virtual assembly just to encourage as young people begin to go back to school we know that safety is so important we want to help young people feel safe we would love to have the support of yourselves as many as who you know just at us DM us and we, we will tell you more so that's all i can tell you for okay, now perfect
2: secret. perfect <laughs> That's so excited amazing. amazing tessie this has been so fun to chat with you thank you so much for joining oh, thank- and coming yeah. on the podcast it's such a treat for us and and we will for sure continue to support amazing. you guys as we're, we're watching from afar amazing thank you so <laughs> thank much
3: you so thanks much. for having me
1: Oh, Rachel, that was so lovely getting to speak with Tessie Ojo, CEO of the Diana Award. I just feel like that was one of my favorite conversations that we've had on the pod so far. So, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So, my low this week: people keep speculating about Eugenie being pregnant. uh I just hate this. Yeah, because I don't it's like that like, either. Wait till she announces it, first of all. Also, I love how this cosmopolitan writer put it. She said, of course, that's what people are speculating because she is a human with a uterus of childbearing age. It's like, so not course. okay. Yeah, so people are speculating because of pictures, new pictures of her and Jack arriving at Balmoral for the summer vacation with the Queen. She's wearing a green oversized jacket, and it's like, really, there's no
2: even visible bump. Like, it's just a jacket. So leave her alone. Calm down, guys. yeah. Yeah. Milo is actually basically just a question Can we please get an Archuel Instagram account already? Like, there are so much Sussex news. I just want it all in one place. I want Megan's signature I want it caption I writing and curation and beautiful yep. images and photo galleries. Like, Let's just make that happen, guys. Like maybe a September launch. That's my low. I just really, I want to have it all in one place.
1: So I need those updates where you get a notification. It's like, Archul just posted a new Instagram. It's like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, My high this week is Camilla's summer reading list. I just love hearing from the Royals personally. And this feels so, so relatable, especially coming from her. She also did this back in April at the start of the pandemic. And now this is the second installment. So I'm wondering, is this like her version of Barack Obama's Spotify playlist? Because... If so, I am here for it. I want to know all about what Camilla's reading. I'm definitely writing down some of her suggestions for my next my next purchase on Audible. Totally. And yes, I listen I listen to my books because.
2: You know, podcasts, yeah, efficiency, books on yeah. audio, yeah, walk, and, walk and listen, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, my high of the week is James Middleton. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but so he actually uh, is has launched his own food business for for puppy dogs for dogs. Uh, it's called Ella and Co. And he shared a video of him just kind of how he takes his dogs around town in his little scooter bike and he serenades them with the theme song to Aladdin, A Whole New World. He played in the clip kind of him, the actual Disney version, but I really I want to hear him
1: singing it. That was such a high. I have two things to say about this. One, he's a man after my own heart. I was Jasmine in like the third grade <laughs> and I still have the costume, so there's that. Also, I think I changed my answer about who I'd like to have a cocktail with. I think it's James <laughs> Middleton. <laughs> <For> <laughs> there are a myriad out of reasons why, and I will not go into them right now.
2: (laughs) I love that.
1: Okay, so just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. Here is a recent review left on Instagram by LAJBOT3000. Friends, RKBNYC and Robbie Frito, the pod gets better and better. Is it possible? With every episode. Absolutely love your analysis and may I say your very profesh delivery. Keep up the superlative work. So excited for this mystery roundtable next week. I hope you guys really enjoyed the roundtable. It was such a delight. I mean... We had so much fun, and I feel like we can do more of those, hopefully, in the future. Yeah, so. And hopefully,
2: Ariana and Micah will come back. We yes. Them.
1: Yes, we love having them. So remember to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can drop us an email at info And
0: until next week, God, God save, save the, pod. the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.